I think one of the reasons that Jesus spoke in parables was that he is trying to communicate to us a mystery. Things that are beyond our ability to fully explain, control, understand. And the mystery that our lectionary texts talk about today is this understanding that in Christ we are new creations. I spent the last week reflecting on all that has gone on since I arrived here at Bering. And the way the pieces have all fallen into place for us to be here today in this new place. Last Sunday we celebrated that this was a day of new beginnings. In many ways, Bering is being created anew. It is now free to be all that it has proclaimed. A new creation. What does that mean? What does that look like? Does it just mean, oh, we're out from underneath judgment? We are indeed, and that's a good thing. But what does it mean to live as a new community in this space into which God has freed us? We're going to be talking about that over the summer. But this morning, I want to talk about, because I believe it's essential to us becoming the new community God wants to birth, is that we need to claim our identity as new creations. I've been singing over the last few weeks as we have moved in this space out of the United Methodist Church into the United Church of Christ, a contemporary Christian song by Big Daddy Weave. It's called All Things New. Yeah, I listen to that stuff. Some of it's really good. But the chorus is are dressed to God and says, you make all things new. You make all things new. God of mercy and grace, do what only you can do and make all things new. The Apostle Paul in our epistle for this morning picks up that thing and says, those of us who are in Christ have become a new creation. The old order of things has passed away. All things have become new. What does that mean? We say it, but practically, what difference does that make in our lives? And how do we live that? Because I think most of us are still living like we always did. As we come back into this new opportunity to birth a new society, we're all just trying to get back to that thing, you know, the old way of doing things. So what does it mean for us that we are new creations in Christ. That's our work for this morning, so let's pray. God, it's a mystery to us that the kingdom of God is within us, that your spirit is present in every breath, that we are new creations. We don't even know how to get our minds around that, much less live into it. And yet that's who we are. And so God, we ask that you would just speak to us this morning. Give us just a glimpse of the truth of who you are and who we are in you. 
so that we can proclaim with the Apostle Paul, with Big Daddy Weeb and others, you make all things new, even us. Thanks be to God. Amen. There's another contemporary Christian artist that I like. His name is Zach Williams. He sings with Dolly Parton sometimes. I think part of the reason I like him is that he's kind of a country western Christian singer. And I'm a country girl and I like country western music. But he has a song that I really like and it speaks to this. But the title is a misnomer. And it has a little tiny significant error in theology in the song. The title of the song is Less Like Me. It goes like this. Oh, I have days I lose the fight and try my best. I just can't get it right. I talk a talk that I cannot walk and miss the moments right in front of me. Someone who hurts that I could have helped. Someone whose hand I could have held. Oh, Lord, help me be a little more like grace, a little more like mercy, a little more like kindness, goodness, faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus. And here's the error a little less like me. Because the truth of the gospel is that when we become more like Jesus, filled with mercy, grace, goodness, faith, peace, and the other fruits of the Spirit, we actually become more like ourselves. What is healed in Christ is the brokenness that keeps us from being who God created us to be to be, that keeps us from being fully human in all of our individuality and identity. That is a good thing. And God is calling us into that to live fully who we are, uniquely created in all of our identity to bring God's image, God's peace, God's grace, God's love into the earth in the way that only we can So when we die in Christ, we are dying to all that brokenness. We are dying to all those tapes that caused us to live less than who we are, to judge ourselves and therefore limit the image of God within us. So one day, I'm going to have somebody sing that song in this church, and they're going to say, oh Lord, help me be a little more like Jesus, a little more like me. And that's what each of our lectionary texts actually speak to today. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth, you are new creations in Christ. And then watch him. He fumbles with how to claim just how awesome God is in him. And then he kind of apologizes for it because none of us are comfortable with that. It feels arrogant, but we're not claiming something for ourselves. 
We're claiming what God has done in us and who we are. And so this is a perfect text for Pride Month because God is calling us to stand up in pride and claim who we are in God because that is God's work, God's creativity, and God wants to bless the world through you and through me and through us as a community. And we do that by becoming fully who we are. And Jesus talks about the fact that the things that we consider so insignificant, the ordinary, the mundane, I may not be as great as you or as good as you or as talented as you. We heard this choir sing that, and we do that to each other. But in these two parables, Jesus tells us that who you are and what the everyday activities in your life consist of is actually where God is to be found, is actually where the sacred is happening. There are no ordinary moments, whether you're changing a diaper or nursing a child, whether you're mopping a floor or carrying a crucifix or taking time to listen to someone. Those are sacred moments and God is present there if we'll wake up and realize that God is at work in the ordinary and the mundane as well as the challenging, and the extraordinary. And so Jesus tells his parable about a farmer who gets out and sows the seed and then goes to bed at night and then gets up the next day and goes about the life of a farmer. Nothing sacred about that. Nothing extraordinary about that. Oh, if I could just be somebody who could change the world. And what Jesus says is, you're doing it. By being yourself, by being present to God in the moment, by giving yourself fully to what is yours to do in the earth, even if it's scattering seed and going to bed at night and getting up and doing it again the next day, God is at work growing the kingdom of God through you, creating a harvest that we're all going to get to reap together and we're going to be astounded at how what we considered insignificant in our lives and in one another is reaping an abundant harvest for the kingdom of God because we are doing it with presence and faithfulness and being aware that God is in this moment. God is in this person. God is in this activity, whether it's painful or joyful or exciting or boring. God is here and that turns every moment, every act into the most significant thing we can do because God is here now. The second parable Jesus tells picks that same theme up. If you, I would bring it, but you wouldn't even be able to see it. You almost cannot see with the naked eye a mustard seed. It's this tiny little thing. And despite what the parable says, it grows into this scraggy bush that's kind of good for nothing. And yet Jesus says, must this mustard seed that's within you, if you plant it and allow it to grow and water it and nurture it, it's going to become this huge shrub that will become a place of shelter and nurture and life for the birds of the field. Jesus is reminding us that those things that we consider insignificant, when we are present to God in them, when we offer them intentionally 
as an act of worship, our whole lives become sacred and what we do multiplies in a way that we can't even begin to fathom such that our lives become a place of abundance and shelter for those we don't even know we are touching. The Apostle Paul learned this secret. In our text, he says, look, if I'm in the body or I'm absent from it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Why? Because God is here. He says later in, in the book, in the letter to the church at Philippi, I've learned to be content in all things. If I have nothing or I have everything, if I'm in pain or I'm in joy, I'm content. Why? Because in this moment, which is all we have, God is here. This is sacred ground. And as the psalmist reminds us, when God is here, there is love, there is faithfulness, there is justice, there is power, because God is good, and there is no evil in God. And so our whole lives become this testament to the grace of God. There's a movie I'd really encourage you to watch. It was done in 2006. You can find it on Amazon, maybe some other places. It's called The Peaceful Warrior. It's about a gymnast by the name of Dan Millman. Extremely talented young man. He was at Berkeley on his way to becoming an Olympic gold medalist. And his life was this roller coaster. <laughs> He kept looking at the past and wishing he had done things differently. And then he kept striving toward the future, hoping and living in this fear that, what if I, what if I don't? I spent all this time investing in becoming an Olympic gold medalist and the anxiety of a future that he couldn't control. And what if something happened? And then it does. He's in a horrible motorcycle accident that shatters his leg into 17 pieces has to have it put together with a rod. And the doctors say, you'll probably never walk again, but we guarantee you, you're never going to compete again. And he spirals into despair. And then he meets a, garage, uh, a gas station attendant. You know, back then when they actually you had full-service gas stations, who starts to mentor Dan and ask him, where are you? trying to teach him to be present in the moment, trying to teach him to realize that God is in this moment, that his suffering is from trying to hold on to a past that he cannot go back and correct. His suffering is trying to hold on to a future that is no longer there. And as he struggles to find meaning, he does so when he begins to realize that the only thing we have is this moment. <laughs> And this moment contains the living God. And in this moment, when we give ourselves to it, with everything we have, whatever it requires of us, we find life and joy and meaning, and it is enough. Remember Jesus says, God put our past behind us as far as the east is from the west. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. Be here. Be present. This is where life is. And so as he learns that, he learns to give himself to the moment of what it takes to learn to walk again, of what it takes to learn to run again, of what it takes to learn to compete again, and actually is able to finally compete again. He never achieves the Olympic gold, but he discovered his life. 
And he discovered that by living it in the moment, he could find meaning and purpose and make a difference. And he now travels the world and helps people learn to live in the present and claim their lives in all its goodness. And so that's God's message for us this morning. We are new creations. It's the truth of who we are. And God is calling us to live that out. And the way we do it is by being here. Not out there. Not back there. Whatever this moment brings, to be fully present to it with courage with vulnerability, knowing that we are held in the love of God and can risk. I can risk seeing you, Jack. I can risk seeing you, Eric. I can risk stepping towards something I don't know how to do and even failing because God's in this moment. And that's what matters. And that's how we begin to learn to live fully into our identity fully into our lives, to become the community that God has called us to be and actually change the world. In Christ, we are new creations. That old order of stuff that says you're not enough, that says you can't survive this moment, that says life has no meaning because this is no longer a part of it, is gone. The new creation is here and it is this moment God present in us, in you, in one another, giving meaning, giving sacredness to everything we do. And that will change our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen.